This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by my dog and Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. Guess what, guys? We've got a new promo for you. It's called The Away Team. You can have a crew of up to 10. Visit the auditorium for $100. All ages. That's right. All you have to do is mention Riker's sexy new beard. And you can get 10 crew members on your away team to the auditorium for $100. And Weird Wednesdays are currently a thing where kids bring their adults for free. All you have to do to get the away team of 10 people for $100 is mention Star Trek The Next Conversation and Riker's sexy new beard. And now, on with the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Everybody, welcome to Star Trek: The Next Conversation. I'm Matt Myra, I'm or am I Ira Graves? He's a split personality. <laughs> it's somebody uploaded Ira Graves' mind into Matt Myra's head. What? Oh, if I had that confidence and I'm, jealousy, I keep Wait, trying to introduce myself. You I keep do. Me off. Who's who are you? I'm Andrew Secunda. Or are you Ira Graves? Could be. <laughs> Am I acting not myself eh. in an obtrusive way? Well, let me find out. Would you like donuts, Andy? Yes. You're being you. That's Very fine. good. I've heard enough, and then I walk out of your quarters. Okay, oh, we're going to get to that later. Well, speaking of food, I don't know if you want to get into this right away. Uh, oh. Yeah, sure. What are we getting into? Something uh, something occurred to me while I was in the room. And Matt and I were in separate rooms today. Writer's rooms, that is. Hell on earth, guys. We couldn't be together. We couldn't. Couldn't shoot each other little looks. It was like... It was like behaviors. Uh, it was like separating George and Gracie. That's right. The humpback whales from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what happened. I'm in the room with uh, our friend Lauren Bands. LB. And uh, a delightful individual and talented writer. And uh, somehow it comes up that uh, she's got an appointment with uh, you. Yes, that is true. To go to Mastro's Ocean Club. Was it Mastro's Ocean? Is that what it is? Ocean House, Ocean Club. Yes. Whatever it is, it's the one that I've mentioned to you several times. Hey, let's go to Mastro's Ocean. Yeah. Because I love Mastro's. Well, here's the deal, And Andy. let's go to the one in Malibu. You need a table of four to get a seat at the window. And... I feel wow. like you're always a table of three. <laughs> wow, it's really it's really amazing that I, I really was sure that I would have the emotional upper hand, and you just kicked me even further. 
now not only am I wifeless, but I also can't even go and enjoy a good steak with my friend. You know what? I'll ask Dory if she wouldn't mind staying home. And then we can have a table for two? No, we'll have a table for four. You'll just come with me and we'll go with Lauren and her husband. Well, you know, that wasn't the end of it, Matt. Because then she said the reason that this happened in the first place was because you and Chris were talking about your night at Maud. (laughs) Your favorite restaurant, which I Uh have been telling you, let's go for months. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you know, Andy, uh, Bo, oh, I think we Bo found is, your fourth. Bo is trying to make me feel better because he knows how much his master has hurt me. I think we found your fourth. This is an outrage. I agree with you, Bo. <laughs> it's disgusting, his um, behavior. You know, it's listen, Saturday, how, who are these Saturday people night, would enjoy way, a meal, always, a good meal more than me? It's always Saturday nights. Uh-huh. I know how you like to keep your Saturday nights available. Oh, this is a bunch of... This is a total sidestep. This is a... Va- you know that if you told me if you were going to either of those follow things... Follow up. Follow up to this. On a Saturday night, I would go, okay, well, that, everything else good, takes a backseat to food. I really feel like Dory left the room at the inopportune time. I'm trying to turn myself down. There we go. I, we were just peeking a little bit. I'm sorry. Well, I was shouting, yeah. so... Um, you can turn me back up. I wish Dory was here, because she would vouch for me but so here's the deal we're on a we're on a quest to find couple friends well can't you take them to places i don't want to eat um but that's i just want to like incentivize you to find a lady that my wife and i also enjoy i told you (laughs) set me up with jenna coleman (laughs) jenna louise coleman jenna coleman Uh, and i would be delightful (laughs) i think we'd have a lot of chemistry i it, it's a mistake. That? that was Bo's tail. I think that was hitting. an angel that saying I should. Bo, that was Bo's I should tail. marry Jenna Coleman. No, yeah. When was, are we going to have Jenna Coleman on the podcast? Uh, I think next week. Actually, she's, I feel like I can make this happen. She's going to come by, and I know talk you doubt me. Measure really of a man. <laughs> what is next? Isn't Measure of a Man next? No. Um, the unnatural some, selection. Unnatural selection. And then measure a matter yeah, of. Did honor you turn me down when I was shouting? I feel like I I'm did. Too I turned us both down. All right, well, turn me up again. I don't think you deserve it. I've been wronged. I'm the one who's been wronged here. I don't even know which one you are. Are you a four? I'm, are you hello. number four? Check, check, This check, is what people check, don't want to hear when we do a podcast. That's not true. I, I, that's not what I don't want to hear. you're peaking again. All right, I'll speak. I'll speak quiet. No, it's just that no. I just need to... I, I, I prefer to have... Andy, a, start yelling. But why? Eh, then you peek a little bit. No, so but I won't yell. I need yell. you here. I need you here. No, okay, Here's what I'll, I'll do. I'll here. turn the headphones up. No, no, no. Keep me, Give me this level and I will stay calm for the rest of the podcast. I unless you that. probably won't because you've wronged me so much. Now you're cutting me in and out. No, that's the headphone jack. Don't worry about that. We are up Welcome at full volume just so Star you can Trek. hear us peeking. The next conversation. Do you not want to have that all that fun stuff on top? What? Where you've been wrong? You're welcoming them again. What? No. Oh. Hey oh no. Guys. I was just. I just this don't think we Star Trek podcast said that. where we don't no, start talking about Star Trek for hours. Uh, I want them to hear how much how much I am your friend and you are not a good friend to me. This is inappropriate, Andy. We eat like garbage plenty. We don't eat at the fancy garbage places. That's the other thing. That's because the fancy garbage places aren't open for dinner. That's not I true. I mean, aren't open you for lunch. You force me to go to Norm's again and again, and I want to go to Mastro's Ocean. We haven't been And then to suddenly Norm's you're going with some other schmoes. Christmas. It's really, it's really uncool. You know, also, by the way, I didn't know Lauren was around on Saturday nights. It, it, it just seemed like... A, what does that have to do with anything? I always thought of her as uh, you know, busy all the time. So I was when she was like, "I'm around," I was like, "Oh, that's oh well, great. Andy's been wanting to go to a place. Let's go there." 
Let's just end this. Andy, do you have any other... <laughs> Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Any other places you really want to try to eat yet? Uh, I'd like to go to the places that I wanted to go before, which is Maud and Mastro's oh, Ocean right. Club. I'll have to go again. I'm sure there is some place. When was the last time you were at somewhere? the Ocean Club? I've never been. That's oh, the problem. I've been multiple times. Oh, you're a terrible person. That's why it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Andy, it sounds like we have some admirals. Hey, Mastro's, if you want to uh, if you want to sponsor the show, we will take... Cannot think of a bigger waste of money for Mastro's we will than t- to sponsor this <laughs> podcast with listeners that don't necessarily yeah. live in the Los Angeles area and who don't feel like going to a steakhouse. I somehow feel like the Star Trek fans are not necessarily the Mastro's fans. I think yeah. the only crossover are the two people holding microphones right now. <laughs> you turned me down again, didn't you? I did not. I didn't touch it I since like situation quieter you're fine i level the whole thing well uh, our sound waves are the same level this first Andy, review do we have any admirals i would say is uh is incorrect because the uh the title is an engaging trek bromance oh boy say it's not a bromance it's a we're bronemies if anything bro bro bronemies and that's from Looking Back Lost. I came to this podcast from James Bonding, where Matt Myra would drop in little Star Trek nuggets. Here, Matt has free range, and he's talking Star Trek with his after-hours friend, used to be, <laughs> and workplace boss. Yeah, that's true. I'm not really your boss. I'm, I'm higher in the food chain, but I'm not your boss. Uh, and he says this would make a great sitcom. Um, wanted to give five stars by Broseph Smith. Should we pitch it? I got a perfect tagline. One word, podcasts. <laughs> it's been being done. Isn't oh it? no! <laughs> but my doctor, this is what he says. But my doctor and friend said. Uh, so I wanted to give five stars. But my doctor and friend said I shouldn't give up my command and become part of my antique collection and truly grow old. <laughs> oh. I can't join the Admirals Club for that reason. Great podcast, though. Highly recommended. Oh, um, Elementary, my dear Mandy. Uh, by Jim Goob, Ooh, the two uh, we're that, a Mandy, I like it. That two grown men can find. Oh, it's our celebrity name. Yeah, nice. That two grown men can find new friendships so late in life. It seems really insulting. Is genuinely inspiring because I enjoy this podcast so much. I am willing to ride shotgun through some truly awful season one and two episodes. Oh, and I apologize for last week's episode, guys. And lastly, brilliantly inept by Trucker Lex. <laughs> um, oh, Alex. Oh, you know him? Trucker Lex. He listens to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Oh, there you go. Um, so uh, we have had we had a couple of United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Oh, I can't wait to entries. Uh, first is from Kevin Lamb, who again sent us uh, $20.17. Um, oh, wait. I think, did I read this last week? I'm a man of my word. I will continue to donate every week. Thank you for reading my message well, as well I mean, as playing. Oops, I did it again. He's the, he's the Federation Club, so he's, if he's donating every week. He said, I would love it if you did a live podcast. We, when are we already We'd love that, too. We have, to have, we have to build up enough fans that... Uh, Whoa. That's the ad for the Orville. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't mean to play that. Interesting. Um, are we going to watch that one when it comes on? I mean, are yeah, we going to review sure. the pilot episode or not even? No. I mean, I think we can certainly talk about it. We're all we looking forward to it, I think, as people. And now listen to this. Yeah. Um, I'm a, uh, uh, Christopher Fonagy. I, I pray I'm pronouncing that name correctly because he sent us $51.03. 
And he says, for the glorious fumblings of the Star Trek Next conversation, this is for you to play oops three times the amount you were. (laughs) Because let's be honest... You two have said a president that you'll always be making hysterical mistakes. Thanks for all the entertainment. And thank you, Christopher, uh, for sending us the money. It does seem like the uh, there's been a lot of, I will say there's been equal people passionately saying, keep playing oops, and equal people saying, I cannot take it. And, oh, uh, well. And the one distinction is that the people in the first category are sending us money. So what are you going to Really, do? you should blame them because... Um, I did send you the uh, the the clip of our fan made whoops I did it again thing if you would like to dig that out. Well, I would like to, but I can't find it. So, all right, we get Brittany for now. Um, okay. Um, with that, we are done. Thank you, Andy. And that was the Adams Club. All right. Oh my God, you idiot! Sorry. (laughs) Don't don't play this under this gentleman's letter. It's a legitimate letter. Okay. Um. Hey. Hi. I wanted to write in about the scene between Jordy and Pulaski. This is in Loud as a Whisper. Ah, yes, of course, when she can give Jordy ocular implants. Mm-hmm. I am blind, and I relate so hard to this scene. It reminds me of basically every time I saw the eye doctor. Uh, he always talks about curing blindness with stem cells. Um, this this gentleman is blind who is writing us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The reason why Jordy hesitates is that he has accepted and gotten used to his blindness. It's not a big deal for him. Pulaski represents so many people in the scene who assume that sight is the thing that will make your life better, assuming that blind people have unfulfilling lives. Live long and prosper. Um, Captain Jay Richardson, USS Vygotsky, which is... Captain, thanks for the email. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. It's a very interesting perspective. Well, I mean, it is too. It's true though. Like Jordy, like Jordy, was put there to be a to show that the differently abled are just as capable of, as everybody else. And uh, I think that that was a kind of a fun storyline to be able to tell. That they, you know, were probably going to touch on more, but didn't. And uh, very cool to hear from a blind uh, Star Trek fan. Agreed, and an next gener- conversation fan. Um, well, he didn't say that. Well, he is writing in. Well, so he must. But he didn't say he was a fan of this show. Uh, fair enough. I don't, you he's know. not in the Admirals Club. He said captain he's a Richardson, captain. He's a captain. Uh, I don't mean to. Uh, I don't mean to. He could only four star us. You never know. I don't mean to uh, I- imply that you are a fan of ours. Um, I actually think his last paragraph had had that. Oh, and you cut it out? I cut it out. That's cause, good. Because you're, you're an efficient com- person. Matt has complained in the past about me reading the positive I, things. Not that so we're reading the positive things. I just feel bad when we, I put, I feel bad when we do 45 minutes before we even talk about an episode. Well, you're the one dragging it out now. <laughs> Um, Gareth King writes us the difference in Worf's characterization between seasons one and two and three and seven. This was, we were commenting on this is one of the most jarring elements of the series, but particularly in this episode, the writers clearly hadn't thought about his adoption by the Rosenkos, Roshenkos, Roshenkos, by this episode. Why would a guy who was raised by humans be so angry at a diplomat? If it weren't for Riva, he likely wouldn't even be a Federation officer. Mm. 
He largely rejects the culture of his human parents later uh, in order to integrate more fully with Klingon culture, but still greatly respects humanity. Hmm. That was a good point. Um, And then uh, someone had a Google Voice commentary for you. Oh, let's hear it. This is a message for Matt. Stop trying to boost Troy. She's a terrible character, and her acting is not making up for it. And stop giving hope that she's going to get better. That convinced me that we should make her NBC last time. Someone took offense. That is amazing. <laughs> I don't. Th- I. I don't think it's her fault. They're not hearing this, Andy. It's just us and our headphone jack. We, need a, we need a new recorder. I've broken the headphone jack on the Zoom H6n, but I do not want to spend seven hundred dollars. Um, Eric Ledbetter wrote us. Uh, I just saw Daniel Davis Moriarty on season four, episode eighteen of Cheers. The Peterson Principle. I wonder which one that is. Do you know? Love you guys. Such a fantastic pod, he says. Is that when Peterson's getting where he's Norm is getting the firing thing? No. Uh, I th- I th- that's the one I'm. No, when he's up for that promotion, but the guy's having an affair and Norm won't say anything. While you're uh, while you're looking it up, or Norm I? is up for promotion. There you go. <laughs> is the he episode. Uh, Norm is up for the emotion when he finds out his competitor is having an affair with their boss's wife. Thank you. Does he turn over on him, or he doesn't? Uh, I, I think remember. it sort of blows up without him having to do it, but he right. eventually makes the decision that he should. Gotcha. Um, and this is another one from Matt in Scotland. Hey, fellow Matt. Please, please let me edit the podcast. I'll do it for free. I will edit them, mix it, and maybe even cut out some of Andy's cock-ups. I love listening to nerds talk about Star Trek, but it's at some too long. Point, I agree. I totally agree. to Oops, I Did It Again being played twice, I swear my brain started leaking out of my ears. I, it was not the length. No, it's the I Oops, think, I Did It Again. I think he's on to something. I think this podcast is too long. That was not his point no, at all. No, that's his point. Matt, you are fellow Matt, I agree. You are just, by the way, I will say, I agree. um, He has restricted me to four letters uh, an episode. So if you feel like you are not being heard, it's because Matt, who betrayed his friend in an act of culinary aggression, (laughs) um, is now showing. I'm surprised you didn't march down to the A room and come tell me that you were very upset with me. I was going to, but the other people said I should confront you on the podcast because they wanted to hear it. Oh, that's funny. Um, Did you guys know that the doc... I feel extra better now about me cutting you down immediately. (laughs) Was also... What do you mean cutting me down? Well, saying that I needed a table by the window and... Well, you just... (laughs) I'd be mean. Sure. I don't think you proved that you weren't a terrible person, though. Do you guys know the doc was also in the original Star Trek? We knew that. Uh, But I didn't know that she played two roles, both doctors. (laughs) Did you realize that? No. Um, He gave us the names. And let me see. The doc. As in Pulaski? Yeah, Pulaski. I thought she was in 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 Operations Red. Um, Not in a medical blue tunic. Well, she might have. I, I think she might have been a doctor, but not a Federation doctor. No, she's definitely in on the Enterprise crew. Oh, uh, both times. I don't know. I don't know. Whoop. Oops. 
Um, let's see. Uh, this is the kind of thing. If we had an editor, we'd cut this part of that. Wh- why Andy's are you pointing looking, that at me? I've been saying we should get Andy's an editor looking, for for since the beginning of this podcast. Doctor Miranda Jones and Doctor Anne Mulhale. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Who Maybe are. they're not doctors of medicine. Perhaps I'll have to watch those episodes again. Um, hey guys, got a brush. Oh, up. sorry, I'm I'm done. Oh, I forgot to say to everybody, thank you so much for tweeting. Uh, it's was oh, very such support. It was very sweet to see, and I really was touched by it. And I thank you all very much. And you know, if it happens, uh, and I get the job, then you all should feel like you had a part in that. Um, especially, uh, everybody who I was honestly, I was just incredibly surprised a by how many of our listeners are active on twitter without following our star trek account b how many of our listeners took this took the time out to fucking type out hashtag live long and myra it's a long hashtag you're a loved person matt i thank you all and you know what each and every one of you eventually i'm taking to mastro's before andy i will kill you (laughs) oops what was that buddy i said oops <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, I'm done. So you're done. So it's time to talk about this episode, the Schizoid Man, starring Andy Secunda. I'm in this episode, guys. You are great in your turn as Doctor Ira Glass. What's his name? Graves. Not Ira Glass. We're positive it's not Ira Glass. Uh, uh, I'm positive. Well, uh, what is the episode order of this? Because it is before. It's after. Right. Uh, it's yep. before. Yeah, it's listed before Loud as a Whisper, and I couldn't figure out why. Uh, production numbers. So this is production number 131. It aired January 23rd, 1989. Uh, directed by the great Les Landau. Big fan of his direction on this show. Andy, what was going on in the world at that point? Matt. Uh, Two Hearts by Phil Collins. Oh, a little applause at the beginning. Was uh, number one in the U.S., while the U.K. audiences still preferred Especially for You by Kylie and Jason. Fun fact about this uh, music video for Phil Collins. He plays a left-handed Hoffner bass like Paul McCartney in this. Interesting. Yep. Was he left-handed? Nope. Sidney Sheldon's The Sands of Time continued to be a New York Times bestseller, while Rain Man still reigned at the box office for a fourth consecutive week. George H.W. Bush's family and staff moved into the White House as the 41st president of the United States. Um, James Dobson interviewed Ted Bundy, and he was executed shortly afterwards by electric chair. We got him, guys. <laughs> Internationally acclaimed artist Salvador Dali died at the age of 84. And Unbelievable Salvador Dali was alive. It's a crazy, isn't it? Time Magazine cover featured the new First Lady with the caption, The Silver Fox. Barbara Bush brings a refreshing new style to the White House. That's all I got. Cool. Well, Two Hearts, great song. I am an unapologetic fan of the work of Phil Collins. Are you? Yes. Uh, I certainly liked him back in the day, but he's not my listening of choice these days. I think he earned every Oscar he got for Tarzan, which was that (laughs) one. Uh... Directed by Les Landau, teleplay by Tracy Torme, story by Richard Manning, and Hans Beimler. Beimler? Beimler. 
Dr. Noonien Sung may have been Data's father, but the brilliant Dr. Ira Graves turns out to be Sung's mentor and Data's grandfather. Graves is dying of terminal illness when the Enterprise answers his young female aide's call for help to their secluded research world. Once he arrives on the planet, Data becomes close to Graves, leading the genius to reveal his last breakthrough, a device capable of transferring, from, transferring a human personality into a computer. Graves dies as an assistant... His assistant, Kareen Briannon, is evacuated, but Data begins to act irrational, even accusing Picard of lusting after the beautiful Kareen. A diagnostic check of Data reveals nothing, but Troy performs a psych test that shows two competing personalities fighting to control Data, his own and Graves. Meanwhile, Kareen is shocked when Graves' Data tells her of the transference. Transference. His love for her. Don't play it. I didn't mess up that much. It's only with sound cues. All right. Uh, And his plans to make her immortal by transferring her consciousness into another android body, which she refuses to consider. This triggers his violent denial of the wrongness of his plans. After unintentionally crushing her hand, he hides in engineering, rendering LaForge and an aide unconscious before Picard discovers him. Graves knocks Picard out for arguing for the release of Data's body, but when the captain comes to, he finds the cyberneticist has reconsidered and put himself into the Enterprise computer as a, as simple Data. So weird. <laughs> Such a dumb premise. Uh, I'll read more from uh, Larry Nemechek's book, Star Trek Next Generation Companion Revised Edition, which I recommend everybody picks up. It's available on Kindle and wherever your hardcover books are still sold. The tale of Ira Graves and the transfer of his intellect into data began with Richard Manning and Hans Beamler, who wrote a concept called Core Dump. Better name. Better name. Way better name. During the rewrite process, this concept was combined with a separate but similar story that Tracy Torme had pitched. In the tale Menage, a woman comes aboard who once had a triangular love affair with two men from Omicron Theta, the now dead colony whose memories are stored within data. And now, has th- that sounds like an amazing, it, if not that specific, uh, well, I guess continue. Okay. Because I was going to say, th- go ahead. The memories grow so <laughs> strong when data is in her presence that the two men's personalities fight t- for control of him. The role of Kareen was the first that one-time Chicagoan Barbara Allen Woods auditioned for when she arrived in Los Angeles, fresh off the bus. A departure from the bimbos and wild girls that in her she had played in films and guest TV. Shepard was later uh, a Klingon commander in Star Trek VI. Oh, yes. Uh, Susie Pulaski's Dr. Seller, Sealer, Sailor? Mm-hmm. was the first female Vulcan officer ever heard in Trek. But the actress would later go on to infamy as a member of another alien race in The Emissary and in Reunion. Yeah, I have a lot of issues or comments on all this. Torme has since revealed that he wanted to develop a romance between Sealar and Worf, but the suggestion was Nick. Ah, oh, that would have been great. I don't. She S- seems like she is a great character. I have no idea why they didn't pursue her, and she's such a hot Vulcan. Susan Plaxon counted the national tour of Stop the World, uh, I Want to Get Off, opposite Anthony Newley as a highlight among other her, her improv comedy regional theater, Broadway, and Ooh, an improviser as well. Broadway. 
credits. After guest spots on Murphy Brown, Beauty and the Beast, and recurring voice on Dinosaurs, and the film My Stepmother's an Alien, she landed a regular role on Love and War. Still, Dr. Seeley would remain on board by mention in Tapestry, Suspicion, Sub Rosa, and Genesis. A subplot in Torme's script involved Data's lack of ego, trimmed along with several of the scenes featuring Data's beard as the original tag uh, scene already a legendary TNG story in which he is trying to yet again emulate and admire respected crew member. In this scene, to Picard's chagrin, the android is bald. Why you cut that tag? I mean, come on. No, it's great. The uh, other plot that was originally proposed, I think, is far more interesting than the plot that they landed on. <laughs> However, they should have kept the name Core Dump. They should have kept the name Core Dump. No, I'm saying that the original one is better than this one. The original... The I'm talking about the store... You're talking about Tracy's... The original Core Dump, dump concept of, I think, exploring Data's memories. Do they ever do that in the show? Yes. Okay, well, as long as they get to it. But the, like that is more interesting to me than some guy cramming his mind into Data's body. Which is like a classic hacky horror movie right. plot. And they don't even handle it in a clever way, in my opinion. Which I guess we'll get into. Um, I think Susie... Plaxen? Uh, uh, you know, I think you should reach out. Um, I, think, I think she's married now, isn't she? Damn. Um, but uh, yeah, such a sexy... Vulcan, so great. Well, she comes back later as a sexy Klingon. You know, when she came on the screen, I said, hello, nurse, which was appropriate because I think inappropriate. she is a nurse. She's a doctor. Oh, she's a doctor. My apologies. <laughs> you sexist son of a bitch. Well, I thought she was... On she a was, show that only has female doctors. She was Captain Pulaski's... Uh, I mean, she was... Captain uh, Pulaski? Uh, Andy, you're doctor, lucky I don't do this for words, but I'd be playing Britney Spears right now. Dr. Pulaski's... Uh, Dr. Captain. Dr. Captain Pulaski's assistant? She's below her, right? How many doctors are there? Well, it's a ship with a couple thousand people. It's got to be probably at least four doctors on board, right? right? Fair enough. Anyway, speaking of doctors... Anyway, they should have definitely done that clean, that wharf thing, and I wonder why they didn't do it. And, and The also, wharf thing would have been great, by the way, and I think that it's a problem, it's, it's, it's a natural problem of the Gene Roddenberry school of thought. I think if you introduce a love interest, you're introducing some conflict. Right. And I think that's the problem with characters that exist in Gene Roddenberry's perfect humanity or federation. Yeah. In his perfect no-conflict character land. Even if they were just always sort of getting along and annoying everybody else, it would have been funny. Anyway, let's get into the captain's log. Well, guess what? It's a first medical officer's log. Oh, of course. Can't wait. Which, by the way, I think was noted somewhere that she does not. Medical log, star date 42437.5. Ira Graves is arguably the greatest human mind in the universe. For years, he's lived in near isolation on a remote planet, devoting full time. She gets to on research. the turbo lift here and doesn't Eight say a ago, word. We monitored a That's something that was noted. Yeah. Well, I'm noting it. Who's noting it? I don't know. Some Something that I read. Well, I I'm no nitpicker's guide. Nitpicker's guide to Trek. I'm with you. However, there is a cool effect of uh, the door uh, closing, green screening her, green, green screening, screening the door the out. Bridge. It's not that cool because right. you can clearly see it's a green screen. All right, it's it's uh, eighty nine. 
Oh, I think they should have been better. You know what else was made in 89? What? Lots of things. <laughs> UHF. <laughs> Great effects of that. Well, you know, when Al gets crushed by the boulder and he ends up turning into a hamburger on the grill. You know, I have something to confess to you. I've never seen UHF. Oh, you'd hate it now. Mm-hmm. I think in 1989 you would have loved it. Oh, yeah. I love UHF. I only hope we can reach him in time. Any response from Graves? Well, Mr. Wolf. Nothing, sir. Not since their initial communication. They send out a plea for help, and then they cut off transmission so they can't tell if there's any help on the way. It doesn't make much sense, does it? Anson, what's our ETA of the planet? 36 minutes to orbit, sir. Starfleet Command considers that Graves' work on molecular cybernetics is reaching a critical stage. They consider this a priority one action. A man is ill, Captain. Treating him is my priority. Is that kind of like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge? It's my priority one. Like, why would she say that? (laughs) She's just being a dick. I mean, she's just playing with language. That's too written, Tracy. Is there a pun there? I don't understand. It's weird. It's a priority one from Starfleet. And then she's like, well, it's my priority one. The textbook priority one. It's like, come on. Yeah, come on. Also, why would you say that? Obviously. Does Data say why he wants to see us? He said something about his new image. I tell you, he's been acting kind of strange. What do you think about that? I, I enjoyed this. Really? Yeah, I didn't. this didn't bother me. It is a beard, Geordie. <laughs> a fine, full, dignified beard. One which commands respect and projects thoughtfulness and dignity. Well, opinions? It's, um, very different. When I stroke the beard thusly... Pretty cute. Do I not appear more I thought this was a, a, at least organic to the character, um, comedic scene. A lot of the times they, 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 they make, um, Data do a bunch of stuff that's like, what? He wouldn't do that. I feel like Data would do this in pursuit of trying to be human. That's amazing, by the way. The, I love the dropping out of warp and transporting. Here we go. This is the USS Nunsunlubu requesting emergency assistance. The outer hull is breached and environmental systems compromised. We need immediate assistance. Captain, I show the Constantinople in that general vicinity. She's a transport ship used to ferry settlers. I'm showing 2012 colonists aboard. Outer hull breach. She must have had an internal explosion. If that's the case, they'll all be prone to severe hypoxia. Their lives are at risk. We've got to help them. And what about Graves? He's one man. But you just said he was priority one. Suggestion, Captain. Why don't we execute a long-range transport of an away team to assist Dr. Graves at the earliest possible moment? We'll come out of warp just long enough to energize the beam. Attention, go down walking. I just made that up. Touch and go down warping. <laughs> what do you think of that term, number one? <laughs> Pretty great branding, eh? <laughs> uh, Mr. Crusher, copyright touch and go down warping, please. Computer won't let me, sir. Well, Something's wrong. You know what? We'll get Mr. LaForge to help you and uh, set up an Etsy store. I want to sell a lot of shirts that say touch and go down warping. Perhaps coffee mugs. What do you think, number one? I don't want the... I want to see a, a a person beaming off of the ship 
just before it shoots back into warp. That'll be on the back. No, number one. <laughs> Simply the phrase that I've just copyrighted. Touch and go. Down warping. Captain, can I be on the t-shirt? <laughs> number one, you're needed in ten forward. <laughs> Great. <laughs> sir, prepare to make it so. Aye, sir. Engineering missile forge. We're going to execute. Otherwise known as a touch and go, go down <laughs> warping. Ricky, I would like you to handle it. Yes, I'm Captain. guessing what down warping means, though. Assemble and away to your number one. Include whoever the doctor requires to assist him. Excuse me, sir, but there may be hundreds on the Constantinople that require emergency attention. I should be there to supervise. All right, who'll replace you? Lieutenant Solar, she has my complete confidence. Worf, let's go. I'm out. You you touch this thing. Um, can I ask you a question about yes. the team before we move on? That's a, I would love to answer this question a, with with what little love and knowledge I have. A go. protocol question, and I know how you love those. I love protocol, yeah. Who is supposed to hail people? Who is supposed to hail people? Because everyone does. Everyone does. And is that a flaw? Because I well, find there is no communications officer on board the Enterprise D. But I feel like Tasha is the classic hailer, and then I figured Worf was the follow-up. Worf's a pretty classic hailer. He, he does most of the hailing. And yet Picard asks Wesley to hail them yes. in this scene. I think they all can hail. Uh-huh. But I think unlike the United States. Federation Starship USS Enterprise NCC-1701, there is no Uhura. Right. There is no communications officer. Which is weird. Uh, So no one is particularly out there monitoring. I mean, let's be honest. Worf does most of the monitoring of transmissions. So theoretically... So my question was, is Picard being a dick to Worf by asking Wesley to hail them? No, I think he's just closest to Wesley. But he's he just, always he just on a whim goes with whoever he wants to like, I or maybe it's like it's the kind of thing that in a workplace you might take personally. Maybe it's like Wesley, you need a line. Hail this person. Could be. <laughs> I feel like Worf needs more lines. Whatever. Phaser on stun, Mister Worf. We don't know what's going on down there. There's no need to take any chances. Agreed, sir. Now remember. This is a near-warp transport, so the effects may be a little unusual. What do you mean? You'll see, Counselor. It's a touch-and-go-down warping. Captain? <laughs> I just beamed down to say hey, guys. it. Wait a minute. I don't understand. I agree. Also, I think they saved about a second. Saying they should always do a touch and go down warp. No, I mean they literally like it seems like they literally saved a second. Like they went to warp before the beam had finished, but it would really just take like fifteen more seconds, right? And it'd probably be like a thousand times safer. It is true. You do now. <sighs> this might sound crazy, but for a moment I thought I was stuck in that wall. That sounds insanely oh, dangerous. <laughs> Data to Enterprise. I read you, Commander. Go ahead. We are inside Graves' home. All is quiet so far. Of course, no one knew we were coming. Use caution, but protect Graves' health at all costs. Understood, sir. I suggest we look around to see if anyone is home. Doesn't seem like a data line to me. It doesn't. Let's see if anyone's home. No. (sighs) Anyway... 
Before we uh, get too far from the uh, beginning, um, the title, The Schizoid Man. Yes. Um, actually, I can bring it up. Gives now. away the entire plot of the show? No, well, it does. But uh, it also, I'm. are you a Prisoner fan? No, I mean, I like The Prisoner, and I watched it when I was a young kid, the black and white Prisoner. Um, there was there no was, black and wasn't white. Wasn't there a black and there white? There was a Secret Agent, which was the precursor to The Prisoner, okay, with Patrick McGowan. Yeah, McGowan. But The Prisoner was in color. Really? Yeah. It's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I'm obsessed I with The Prisoner. I vividly remember it in black and white. That's crazy. And I'm obsessed with Patrick McGowan. Oh, you know what it might be? That I watched it on my black and white fucking television in my room. Interesting. I feel like you should. I feel like we should watch that again if we. Well, if we, stay tuned for the next prisoner. Um, what number was he? He was number six. Mm. Um, and uh, the oh, interesting. This is episode so number six. six. Exactly. Right, gotcha. Um, so the schizoid man, I thought was just a. It was was one of my favorite prisoner episodes, and I thought, oh, I wonder if that's just a coincidence. Turns out, they were going to cast. Patrick McGowan uh, as Ira Graves in this, and he would have been. I mean, this guy was great, but he would have been perfection as this egotistical, kind of weird, you know, uh, slightly malevolent person. And uh, you just seriously drop some knowledge on this podcast. I, I love Patrick McGowan so much. I'm really proud of you. He's dead now. He'll never get to do episode six of The Next Generation now. Nope. It's not going to happen for him. Someday, buddy. No, it won't. He's dead. <laughs> you heard me. Thank God. I'm Kareen Briannon, Dr. Graves' assistant. We're from a ship called the Enterprise. We monitored your distress call, but then you so never acknowledged our response. I'm sorry. I couldn't take the chance. Chance? What chance? The chance that I might find out someone was coming, Corrine knew full well that I would not be pleased, to put it mildly. I had no choice. I refused to stand by and watch you deteriorate. What symptoms have you noticed? He has pain, shortness of breath, irritability. Ridiculous! I'm as healthy as a regalian ox. He's not himself, believe me. His temper is completely out of control. Nonsense. It's Myra. I am a doctor. Lieutenant. <laughs> um, a regalian ox. You don't like when they make up creatures? <laughs> well, it's weird to me when they say it, and it's like, eh, we got to have them understand it. Ah, my, my neck is as long as a farfasini giraffe. It's just like, oh, right. a giraffe, but this is some sort of alien giraffe. Yeah, but it's an alien. Oh, honey, did you hear that? It's not of this world. <laughs> Dig it. Um, Mr. Data, see. I'd like to do a touch-and-go down warp to transport you back to the ship. Sir? William Morgan Shepard plays Graves. WMS, yep. And he was in, I think we all remember him from the Chronicles of Riddick video game. <laughs> I think we all do. Uh, he was in... Star Trek. What is this? From 2009 as the Vulcan Science Minister. Um, he was also, I think, in a bunch of other Star Trek things. He's still chugging along? He was in Frasier as Mr. Drake in the club. Do you remember that one? The Wine Club? I don't know. It just says The Club. I, I can oh, the it. name of the episode is The Club? Yeah. 
He was in Max Headroom as Blank Reg. I might be saying that wrong. Well, you uh, might be, and probably are. He was in Masada. <laughs> um, and uh, Shogun also. Uh, one of my favorite things. Wait, I think that's a different Shogun. This guy really did it all. He was on around forever. And The Duelist, a early Ridley Scott film. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else big. Um, Star Trek Voyager as Katai. I don't remember that. Uh, anyway, uh, what do you think of that guy's performance? He's doing a great job. I think he's doing a great job as a sick, arrogant, old scientist. I think he's nailing it and kind of the guy who's losing his mind, but he's a little bit over the top for my taste. Oh, he's so over the top. I don't dig it. But I think that that comes with all scientists. Susie Plaxen, I was trying to nail down where I knew her from, and I couldn't. She's been in everything. Family Ties. She was, as you said, in Next Generation, both as Lieutenant Solar and Clehair. Is it a Klingon? Or a sure is a Klingon. Romulan. Love and War. She a major part. Is the female Q in in Voyager? Right, in Voyager, maybe that's how I know her. And in Mad About You is Doctor Joan. She's in Mad About You a lot. I feel like. Yeah, she was in eighteen episodes. Yeah. Tell me why I love you like I do. Tell me who. She also played somebody's mother in How I Met Your Mother, but not the mother. Whereas Barbara Allen Woods, Matt and I discovered. Yes. Um, is uh, connected to our world in that she is Dana Caldwell's... She plays Dana Caldwell's mother and actually is Natalie Allen Lynn's mother. Natalie Allen Lynn, who has left us to now be in The Gifted, the new X-Men TV show, so she's probably going to be a shooting star. Good luck to you, Natalie. Um, yeah, and uh, it's crazy. It's, it is crazy. It was such a weird coincidence. We're talking about her. We easily could have gotten her on this podcast. If, yeah, we really fucked up. If uh, Natalie, we had Natalie's uh, character was not already. We gone. had Dana. We had Dana back last year. Maybe we'll have her back again. Well, if we do, we're just going to go down there and talk to her about her mother. And she'll be so like, "So your mom's on an episode of Star Trek, right, <laughs> sure, guys? That will make her. No, yeah, we're just talking about Star Trek. <laughs> it's great, right? I would like to say that that would lessen her interest in talking to us, but I don't think you can go lower than zero. So, one hundred percent. All right, so let's hear some of this performance. Do you think that somewhere in the line, it said he's is he singing? No. Well, yes. Do you think it's somewhere in the ancient times this song became? If I only had a heart. No, I think it's just shoddy writing. Where they're like, "How about if he's singing something appropriate?" If I only had a oh, it's if I only had a brain. But he also sings "If I Only Had a Heart" later in the movie. But that's not really what everybody knows it for. Well, 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 that's way how I will describe it. Do you know that in the twenty-second century, the first half of the Wizard of Oz becomes lost forever? Is that true? Yes, it's some sort of a freak mining accident. Were they trying to touch and go down warp it? it well, you know, got it was, stuck in a wall. It was not long after Zephyrin Cochran perfected warp drive, uh-huh. uh, and they really shouldn't have been trying this down warping thing because they really hadn't even perfected transport technology. So they were trying to beam 
the Wizard All of Oz the copies aboard, of Wizard of Oz. aboard the ship. <laughs> the remaining copies. And half the first half of the Wizard of Oz got stuck in the wall. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's a wall somewhere with a lot of them. So now when anybody watches it, they're just like, who's that, that character with straw sticking However, out? However. I don't get his backstory. I still think if I only had a brain, would fucking have also worked. Yeah, I agree with you. Seems more if I only had a core to die. <laughs> I have noticed, Grandpa, that you keep repeating the same notes of a musical I disagree, phrase I am unfamiliar with. Because if we fucking have it on our phones, Shazam, Data can handle that whistle and figure out what it is. Well, I think it raises the question of how much information is in Data's head. Oh, it's. Uh, I hate when they say ancient. little tune. <laughs> called If I Only Had a Heart a plaintive lament sung by a mechanical man who longs to be human it's his only wish isn't it sung by the scarecrow the tin man then sings it tin man sings if I only had a heart and scarecrow sings if I only had a brain this is blowing my mind Uh, I'm looking up the song right now okay But interestingly, I don't think... I think the Cowardly Lion sings a different song oh about... Oh, my God. When does the new Battlefield come out? Courage. What's Battlefield? Star Wars Battlefield. You can fucking play as Yoda? Battlefront? That's what I meant. Battlefront. When does that come out? Mm, oh, big multiplayer. <gasps> big maps. Oh, boy. Battlefront very excited when is it? about when this is it? for a person who prefers Star Trek so much. Uh, I prefer the Battlefront game. I do. Lo- I didn't know you were a Battlefront fan. We should definitely play that together. I have been able to, on hard, solo, beat the fucking lava planet with the AT-ATs. Really? Yes. See, I will. I will admit straight out, and I will never. I will never hide this fact. Matt is, without question, a uh, a more capable video game player than me in every category. It's just because I had more time in my 20s. Could be. All hollow. When a man's an empty kettle, he should be on his metal, and yet I'm torn apart. Just because I'm presuming that I could be kind of human if I only there you go. had a heart. I'd be tender, I'd be gentle, and awful sentimental regarding love and art. I haven't watched this movie in a very long time. It's a good movie. It's a. It's scary, it's legitimately scary. You'd do with a brain if you had one. Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could. I could this while away the hours, yeah. confirming with the Ray flower, Bolger. consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'd unravel every riddle for any individual in trouble or in pain. 
with the thoughts you'd be thinking you could be and Mother Lincoln if you That's only had a brain. Hey, can you, are you oh, got the movie there? Can you skip ahead to I think it's a different song. And I couldn't make it strange that they didn't just repeat it again. The Cowardly Lion? What does I he say? I think he has a different one. Let's find out, shall we? Well, we can find out as soon as this ad is done. And if you'd like to edit our podcast, please do. Mm, it's been offered by someone in Scotland, although that seems like that would be trouble. Here, here. Go away, Hey. Now that's getting personal, Lion. Yes. Get up and teach him a lesson. Well, what's wrong with you teaching him? Uh, well, well, I hardly know him. But when you go around picking on poor little dogs... Well, you didn't have to go and hit me, did you? <laughs> Is my nose bleeding? <laughs> well, of course not. <laughs> my goodness, what a fuss you're making. <laughs> well, naturally, when you go around picking on things weaker than you are... Why, you're if not I only had the nerve. Coward. You're right. Ah. Yeah, you're right. They do repeat it. It would make no well, sense if they didn't. All right, now. Trying to find it. If you're out there and you're a big fan of this show. Whoop, it's buffering. Would show my prowess be a lion, not a mouse, if I only had the nerve. I'm afraid there's no denying I'm just a dandelion Andy, is your right here headphone breaking up a little bit? Yes. Mine I'd too. be brave as a blizzard I'd be gentle as a lizard I'd Weird. be clever as a gizzard. Is a gizzard clever? Is a gizzard clever? That's or is a great it just rhyme? I don't know. Um, anyway, I stand immediately corrected. The wizard is a uh, wizard. I, I, listen, I didn't, uh, I didn't it, know. And it does make sense. I didn't know it. I think I was thinking about the uh, the song where he says, "I'm the king of the forest." Anyway. I was the king of the, of the forest. forest. This is why you tune in, huh, guys? Everyone's turned it all he off. Finds out he's human after all. Always was. Just worried so much he he never realized it. Hmm. A happy ending. The mechanical man gets his wish. Stories often have happy endings. It's life that throws you for a loop. It must be so hard for you to be so close to being human and yet never really knowing what it's like to know pain. But pain is unpleasant, is it not? Pain, lust, envy, pleasure, desire. The anarchy of lust. Warf, it's getting weird in here. Desire? (laughs) To long for, to crave, a wish, a request. Do you know what desire is? No. I do not suppose I will ever really know. Ooh, I feel pity for you. Your existence must be a kind of purgatory. Thanks for asking. Darnay's disease. He's got Darnay's disease, Matt. Uh, is there any information on that disease, Andy? Sure there is. But just that it's terminal. If you'd like to donate to, to help fight Darnay's pod. disease. <laughs> SDTNCpod at gmail.com. We don't know how people give money to us. I do not wish to interrupt Data and the doctor. They seem to have developed a genuine rapport. 
but the Enterprise has reached its orbit, and I like to just a great Vulcan performance. Do you think she watched a lot of Leonard Nimoy? She must have. Yeah. Really? Be necessary, Doctor. He is gone. Gone. It happened just a few moments ago. I just in my arms. It. Ira Graves is dead. so would have been pointless all things must pass may i go now sir yes of course we will try to honor him in the manner in which he specified will we not sir i said we would data i am glad sir it was his dying wish I mean, when you're dealing with a story like this, I guess your real, your only real um, motivation in the plot is just, I guess, when will everyone else find out? Right. Your drive as a viewer? Right. Because it's so clear what happens. So obvious. Um, from the word go, from the word he's dead. Yeah. So, anyway. It's totally obvious. And it's, I don't know. The whole... I don't know. I like the funeral. Because if you know what's going on, which we all do, it's very funny. Here's an interesting little tidbit. I an early tidbits. draft of the script called the disease Varney's disease. <laughs> I wonder why you would change that. Huh. I wonder if Varney is an actual disease. Fine man. Jim Varney. Man of rare gifts. And great accomplishments. He will be sorely missed. Does anyone else have anything to say? I believe I have a few words to say, sir. Dead air, dead air, dead air. Just look at that face. The face of a thinker. A warrior. A man... For all seasons. Yes, Ira Graves was all that and more. But he was not. <laughs> Every <perfect>. character <laughs> has to. Perhaps look his greatest like flaw. Everyone gets a reaction shot. Was that he was too So here's selfless. the thing. He yes. cared too much. At this point in the show, we are not supposed to know what is going on. We're supposed to start to get hints, I believe. Hence the reaction shots from everybody, right? But this scene, I believe, is being played comedically. I agree. So what is the comedy if we don't know that Data has been taken over? Like, the uh, is, is the comedy... The comedy would only work if Data was being his weird self and it was doing something inappropriate. But we, that's not happening because we kind of have a sense that something's wrong. So it's not scary either because it's comedic. So what the hell do they want to happen in this scene right. other than tip people off? I feel like they should just everybody – and then it's several scenes later that, that Troy is like – he has emotions and it's weird. And it's like wouldn't you have fucking felt that immediately? It's just bad well, writing it seems from top like, to bottom. Uh, it seems like, if, if anything, Troy would be there to sense this. To sense the consciousness. That's what I'm saying. But if it's just there printed on in data, 
I mean, I'm meaning data, I suppose, in data form. I'm not sure what you're saying. If the information, if it's just printed into his circuits, you know what I mean? If it's if it's just in a mass of information that he is, has computed and turned into a personality, uh-huh. then is it really a consciousness? And is it something that Troy would be able to sense? She, I she's, mean, although she does sense She senses it later. She does sense it yeah. in the show. Mm, it's and As he's getting stronger, right? And yet she Follow. says at... Um, let me see if I can find it. 24. 30. That's it. Yes. Could it? Captain's personal log. Although Commander Data has assured me that his odd behavior will return to normal, I can't help thinking that something went wrong during his visit to Graves World. I'm still concerned, Captain. <laughs> Such I've a weird delivery. Like Very this. weird delivery. Could so she says that. Uh, say what did she say again? Uh, I've never seen him act like this. Do you want me to put a plate again? Yeah. Right. Something's wrong, Captain. Mm, fuck you. Be that grandfather analogy that. Well, you know what? It's okay. Be that grandfather. Right, sorry, guys. You can oh, you had it. You had it. You had no, heard the door open. No, that was a previous scene. Different door. Yeah. Same door. Different noise. Yeah, different thinking noise. that something went wrong Here it is. during his visit oh. to Graves World. I'm still about what? Captain. Touching down warp. I've never seen him act like this. <laughs> down warp. Concerned captain. That it's is a, a very weird delivery from from Marina. Uh, okay, so she senses it there. Yes. No, but she later says, "I he is when he's angry. I sense emotion from him, and I've never sensed it before." Well, that's because it's breaking. I'm trying to like fucking fix the holes in the writing. That's because it it is stated in the show that he his personality is becoming stronger and stronger in data. Uh huh. I mean, this so is saying this it's is slowly a, growing. This is Matt's standard defense. Yeah. And I know you're probably looking for that sound clip to play but it's it doesn't make any sense because uh he's already acting well it's like a faint it could be a faint emotion you know and then it and then as it gets stronger and stronger um he's yeah but he's already like taking over data's body to the degree that he's giving up fucking batshit speech yeah but the neurological pathways are constantly being rewritten what does that have to do with anything with nary a thought for himself. A man of limitless accomplishments and unbridled modesty. I can safely say that to know him was to love him. And to love him was to know him. Wesley repeats several times. Those who knew he's him, so weirded out by it. He's, that's the thing he's the most weirded out by. Loved him, while those who did not know him loved him from afar. Data, I'm almost finished. Sir. <laughs> so that's finished, a comedic moment between Picard and Data. It is yep. not a comedic moment if Data is being possessed, which we pretty much know he already is. Correct. So the joke is flawed. I say. No longer living. Data. I was only trying to 
carry out his wishes, sir. I just wanted to keep my promise to him. I know that, Data. Look, I realize you've been studying the human equation with great alacrity, but perhaps you've been working at it too much. A word so I to be don't human. hear just ever. Alacrity. No. All right. Well, he's a... Yes, Picard sir. is a fancy gentleman. I will work he's on a very well-spoken individual. Grand. You dismiss, Mr. Data. Picard's very chill in this episode. He's chill until you, uh, this moment. Oh, sorry. Nothing, sir. Only as old as you feel. Try to remember that, boy. You're not turning into a philosopher, are you, Mr. Data? I am many things. Scholar, artist, philosopher, lover, genius. Data, what's wrong with you? I thought you might enjoy the bridge, Miss Brianna. I'm aware of your interest in science. Perhaps you'd like to see the computer yes, terminal. I'm aware of your interest in her. What was that, Commander? Nothing, sir. Nothing at all. <laughs> These are the science stations. Troy's, yeah. Troy's giving him a long stare down here. Uh, data? Yeah. Yeah. That she's maybe sensing all the clear emotions. From the command center, here we have control of all of the science stations. Data, what are you doing? Detest hypocrisy. I wish they would just come out and admit it. Admit what, Mr. Data? That your interest in Kareen is not purely <laughs> professional. Try as you will. You cannot win her heart. She does not care for older men. Or men of limited intellect. Mr. Data, you will come with me right now. Do you understand me? I understand. I understand all too well. Removing the competition will not help you, Picard. Awkward. There's one guy on the bridge that says that all the time. <laughs> That'd be great. Awkward. <laughs> Lieutenant, please stop saying that. I'm just saying it was very awkward. We all knew it was awkward. I know, but he left like that. You see, I mean, Data was right there. Awkward. <laughs> I've been dismissed. I'll go, sir. Awkward. Um, as the doors close on him. <laughs> um, Silence. Someone coughs. As the door's closing on him, that's when he goes, awkward. <laughs> Soundproof those doors. Sight to sight transport just to say awkward to someone. Yes, Andrew. I don't know. Cool. I, I do know. I don't like. You don't like angry data? I don't like anything. <laughs> the first time since I've known you, I don't believe you. Where are you in the show? I am at the 29, 29 minute mark. All right. There's a weird moment here. Ooh, where is it? Do you want to play it? 
Okay. Where is Data now? He should be in his quarters. You ordered him not to leave. All right. You care to get a drink? Tell Why me, did he not do that for us? Maybe she knows. Why does anybody ever ask anybody where someone is? It happens constantly in like this show. Invasion, like, it seems like a second level invasion of privacy where you're like... I see. Uh, Andy, you know where Dory is? Uh, computer, where is Dory? <laughs> well, I could have done that, Andy. Oh, I know. I just didn't understand oh, why you weren't doing that. I don't understand that. why you're doing it when I clearly could have done that. Um, uh, I have 45 cases of unsold... Uh, touch and go down warp shirts. Could you help me with these? You should have put Riker on them. <laughs> God, we need a touch and go down warp shirt. Okay. What will it be? Try and hold still. Uh, I think it'll be the, we'll Enterprise, the Enterprise over the orbiting planet. Uh, the planet, and it'll say the old touch and go down warp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one would buy it. Oh. <laughs> That's my impression of that device. What'd you think? It was pretty effective. Thank you. Data, will you wait for me in the corner? Why should I? This concerns me more than it does any of you. <laughs> you will wait for me in the corner. Do you think that Graves in Data's body did not realize how strong Data was? Well, he definitely did. I feel like if he did, he'd go full lore on everybody. Well, that's what I don't understand. Use discipline. Although I guess by the resolution of this episode, what they're saying about this character is that this Dr. Graves is, at the end of the day, he has humanity and he doesn't actually want to harm anyone. Well, if you want to skip to that, I would say that is one of my biggest problems with the end of the show. Great, because I can't skip to it, Andy. All right. We're talking about this stuff. All right, talk about it. Each distinctly different. Left-handed and right-handed. But he's an android. Is that possible? It must be. The dominant personality is unstable. Brilliant but vain. Sensitive yet paranoid. And I believe it is prone to irrationality. Of course. Sir? I was just thinking about that three-dimensional thing on it my desk. I was just thinking about how I could sell other things that say touch and go down warp. For instance... Would you like an iPad case that said it? No, Captain. Oh. Go on. What about data? Computer, where's data? That's a degree, any authority figure. And the worst part is, it's... Dreams. They won't let you get away with it. They'll try to stop you. How can they? It is my body now. It is very lourish. Doctor, tell me, how much time did Data and Graves spend together? They were together practically the, voice. the entire time we were on the planet. So sexy. Always alone? Thank you. Yes, always. I, you. Doctor, what yes, was me. your impression of Graves? He seemed brilliant, egocentric, arrogant, So at the end of the day, you just want a Vulcan? Female? I don't want any Vulcan. I like Kirstie Alley as a Vulcan, and I like this girl as a Vulcan. I wasn't crazy about the so replacement. Robin, uh, what happened? What was her name? I can take a deep breath. Robin Curtis? feeling stabbing pain. I don't think so. I will never have to face oh, death again. Man, I feel like I'm right. Find out. I can't wait for Andy to find out. Uh, if I'm wrong, though, I'm going to feel real dumb right now. Should I even But I've never felt dumber anyway. <laughs> Robin Curtis is my answer. All right. 
The answer is Robin Curtis. You are Yay! <laughs> Matt did it! He's the king of Star Trek! What has he won? Andy! Oh. Matt? Matt, you've won 14 cases of the Touch and Go Down Warp shirt, all in XXXL. You've won 14 years of Star Trek podcasting. It's actually 18. We're going to die together. (laughs) Jesus. Hopefully you'll take me to a restaurant at some point that I want to go to. Just a walking tin can with circuits for intestines. Pathetic. Without heart, a man is meaningless. I would not come up here if I were you, Captain. I've been a very bad boy. (laughs) Computer, touch and go down. Well, that would have been great if they justified the use of that somehow. Oh, it would have been. Instead, it's just an unnecessary thing they introduced to Star Trek, which makes me love it even more. I am not a violent man. Do you realize you've just made this man blind? <laughs> not a violent man. <laughs> just, start oh, just start guilting him more. Jordy, sorry. <laughs> oh, is he just making up <laughs> stuff? But accurate stuff. You knocked out that. the entire ice cream section of the ship. <laughs> Do you realize how many weeks at space in Starbase 17 it's going to take to get the ice cream machines fixed? <laughs> You'll put us months behind. Oh my god, I did that. Do you realize that we're out of French vanilla? That's my favorite flavor. Look at it. You've made this man blind. He could see. Graves, this experiment must be terminated. Schwarzenegger bursts through the wall and then says, Did someone say terminated? No, I'm writing Mad TV right now. You're extremely punchy. (laughs) I should let everyone know it's 11 o'clock and we've been working literally all day long. (laughs) Your left hand is fractured in two places. We've just begun treatment. Mm, It's Pulaski on another mission for no explainable reason. (laughs) I'm on my way. I'm in sickbay. I live here. Who's next? (laughs) These were all accidents. I did not intend how many more accidents. Must leave this body. No, I live here now. Graves. Every man has his time. Every man, without exception. Except for Q. But you've cheated. He's not a man. He's a Q. You have extended your life. Well, the technically, he's not a man anymore either. He's an android. Graves, give data back. Oh. Give him back. Data is dead. Checkmate. No. <laughs> he must not be lost. He's not simply an android he's a life form entirely unique data is not human he is he is different yes good music but that does not make him expendable or any less significant no being is so important that he could oh shit you hear that world oh didn't think it would go that way patrick stewart we're taking all your acting awards away why we watched you fall unconscious in this episode of Star Trek, and we thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> he did. I was a little disappointed. Whoa, oh, wait. Whoa. Was that a stuntman? Oh, no, that was him. You sure I, it was him? I think it was. 
I'm almost 90% sure. It wasn't a good fall, and I was very disappointed. It was very windy. By the way, this shot of, like, open engineering, yeah. you know, where they go to, like, the empty engineering. Uh-huh. Engineering on where board a Federation Starship right? yeah. should have, There's no at all point. times, maybe 30 people in there. Yeah. And then when this is happening, and the captain is going to confront the powerful android that has been taken over by someone who appears to have malicious intent right. has already hurt somebody you know there should be a hundred security officers around well this brings me to the the larger point that's really a problem i have it sort of shows the you could say oh well maybe they intended to do this or they intended to do that to me the ending always is where where the piper is paid Mm-hmm. And um, in this situation, he gives a speech, and then Graves, on his own, goes and downloads his, himself back into the computer and freezes. So data. well, here, here, and look. you could have had everyone working together to figure out a way to save data. It would have been fascinating. There's a million different things you could have used. I think they ways just, to get his brain out of there to download it. They were just out of or just. I don't know. They didn't want to waste any more time. Yeah, they were out of time because they spent the whole beginning part of the episode with the down warping thing that has nothing to do with anything. Why For is Pulaski, a moment, I felt like I was in that wall. Why is Pulaski not the... I mean, I love Lieutenant Solar. That's on record now. I would love to see her be a major character. I would love to see her maybe even be the main doctor. Although I, my sense is that Beverly comes back. I'm sure she's in the novels. I guarantee they had to put her in something, right? You gotta read the novels. Probably like the chief medical officer. I would like us to read the novels. I don't think we can because there's so fucking many. Well, whatever the case, I will read now from one of the novels just to show you how bad they are. Hang on one second. Um, In the meantime, I'm just gonna finish my point. Matt is like tying himself up and reaching over to his books bookshelf as we speak. Um, if we are going to read novels, just FYI, I would love... People have been sent me... I, don't, I, I may have talked about my my great enjoyment of Mirror Mirror in the original series and, and really would love to dig into the novels and I know I think there's a new comic book. You know what? I don't have one readily available in that People shelf. have tweeted Sorry. at, uh, maybe just me, uh, about... Hey, Andy, would you like to write a comic? That there's a, there's a, there's a Mirror Mirror... Yeah, so there is a new one. Next generation yes. that has a crazy psychopath Wesley. So, <gasps> Andy's theories are very theoryful. Data, where is he? Just take it easy, Captain. I got a phone. He asked take again, by the way. He asked. He asked Pulaski. Tell me, where is Lieutenant Commander Data? Why don't you just ask me first, Captain? Uh, by the way, crazy that they walk in and Jordy goes first. Yeah. Jordy has just been un- knocked unconscious. Sure. She was getting medical attention. Yep. Picard is sort of like captained his way out of the room and was like, I'm going to go do this thing. Right. Why Worf and 17 guys the size of Worf aren't going in there with phasers set on stun? Yep. What's well, because... Jordy is friends with Data, who, as far as they know, is not in control of Data. So why would they send him in first? Jordy. Just. May I ask a question? <laughs> I think he just did. Quite correct. Then may I ask another question after this one? You can ask me anything you want. Why am I lying on the floor in this undignified position? 
with the four of you standing over me, displaying expressions of concern. I've had more than enough. <laughs> it's proved. There's no way anyone <laughs> could have faked that. We've done it. Ha ha ha. Freeze and Captain. we're out. Captain, look at this. Hello, I am Dr. Graves. He's in there. Ira put himself in the computer. Why is that not dangerous? To have him in the computer? Yeah, isn't he? Couldn't he it's theoretically be in charge of the Enterprise? Thing? Extremely dangerous, Andy. Captain's log supplemental. We've said goodbye to Kareen Briannon with the hopeful feeling that her future will be a bright one. The intellect of Ira Graves has been deposited into our computer. There is no. We have dumped it into our core. Wink. Human equation has been lost. And you don't remember anything? Not a thing. To know him is yeah. to love him. Good one, Wes. Keep bringing it back. Perhaps it's no. I do not remember. I trust I did nothing unbecoming to a Starfleet officer. Does wrestling with a Klingon targ ring a bell? Mr. Crusher. I'm very angry at all of this. Hi, sir. Did I win? What does that mean? Did I win? Wrestling with Klingon Targ. I see. Gotcha. <laughs> what is what is this? My brain, which has spent a life with comedy, does not understand the joke at the end of this episode of Star Trek. Well, Andy, that's because it's not a good joke, right. and it's at the end of an episode of Star Trek. I don't understand puns either. You do not. You have a very big Geordie spot for puns. You mean data? No, I mean Geordie spot. He's blind. Oh, I see. You see what I'm saying? This is exactly what I'm talking about. That is right. I think that I have a blind spot. Point for, proven. For bad jokes. Um, I don't like this. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Um, uh, I don't. Let me put. Let me bring. Let me put it to you this way. Yes. They send Pulaski away, Doctor Pulaski, for reasons that are unbeknownst. What are you talking about? What in this episode? I know what the plot reason is that she leaves. Why does the what is the writing reason that what they are you send talking her away? About? When do they send her away? She's in sickbay. She, she, they. The, when the ship. Takes, I guess what I'm saying is, why write a plot where they have to go and take care of this guy, and then the ship has to go off and do something else, and they take Pulaski with them? Uh, I assume to introduce a character they thought they would use again. Well, I guess, well, obviously I like Salar. If you're going to do that, then why not use her? But putting that aside... She probably signed up to do, like, four Law and Order. She was probably like, I'm going to... I need to become a series regular here, or I'm going to go do this, this, and this. And what they is, were probably like, go do that, that, and that. What does everything culminate in? What is thematically the debate at the end? Uh, I think the debate at the end is about death. Uh-huh. And about the acceptance of death. And that everything will die and then all good things must come to an end what is graves's defense about why he should be allowed to live graves's standard defense yes i think he didn't value life in the same way and i think it took picard an what does he say picard. he says i'm a man and data is, is just a, a thing yeah just a machine yeah. now who would you want engaged in this topic to see what she would say we know what Picard's going to say. We don't want Pulaski in there. We don't want Pulaski will take Graves' side. 
But don't you think Pulaski would have been maybe swayed by this If you want to scene? change the character and eliminate the only conflict that Gene Roddenberry was allowed to have in the second season. The conflict makes no sense at all. It hasn't been established no, why I she mean, feels that way. No, I mean the conflict of the conflict between Data and Pulaski. What? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. So if you're going to have her have this attitude, then she should slowly this be worn This is the most down. animated we've been since we've done this. It really drives me crazy. There's no reason Pulaski shouldn't have been in there other than I love Lieutenant Salar. Well, I have strong feelings Andy, for you got so that out of it. It's it's about time we wrap this episode up. It's interesting how many characters, how many wonderful minor female characters they had on the show that they didn't keep around, including Michelle Forbes as uh, Ensign Rowe. It was one of the few episodes that I've seen from later on. They tried on. to keep her around. Are you kidding me? They tr- they offered her fucking Deep Space Nine. But they didn't keep her around on Next Generation. She wanted to leave. Oh, really? They tried to keep her around. Okay, well then I can't blame them. Blame her. She did this to us. All right, let's not attack Michelle Forbes. All right, I'm sorry. Michelle, if you're out there, please come back. (laughs) Love to see you in Star Trek Discovery as like a Bajoran liaison. That'd be great. She was in Battlestar, at least. Well, she probably was like, hey, maybe genre is for me. She was a crazy person in that one. She's kind of a kooky, crazy uh, ensign. Anyway, what are you telling me, Andy? I think we're telling me that it's time to give this episode an MVC. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do the quick one. I love it. It's weird that the Dave Matthews version of anything is the quick one. This is, I mean, I guess it has to be Picard, but it's really frustrating to me that you had a situation that would have been really cool, which is how do we save data um, and get rid of the evil presence? It would have been a techno battle. It wouldn't have been that interesting a scene. Well, you at least could have seen the crew working together, which is what you want at the end, and not just Picard giving a speech, getting knocked out, and then the guy on his own just solves it. The end. So you're giving the MVC to... Hmm. So let's see. Pulaski, I guess, goes off and saves a bunch of other people. So we could theoretically give it to her. She saves 2,000 people. So maybe we should give it to her. And then (sighs) instance... I mean, uh, sorry, Dr. Salar. You give it to her? What'd she do? Nothing. But she's so pretty. Okay. Um, And then there's, um, uh, I guess, Troy, who three scenes later than she should identifies that that data has feelings it's picard let's stop arguing here okay stop 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 trying to convince yourself of a plot that wasn't there very good andy it's time to do exactly that or some other method of writing there was some sort of song i could play when andy got something exactly right (laughs) um nobody does it better Oh, no, genie in a bottle. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> you really just... I think I realize what's happening. Matt is overwhelmed by the amount of podcasts he has to do, and he's trying to destroy what he perceives as the low man on the totem pole. Um, you, know, you know, as you... Actually, I think if you had a theme song... Oh, this will be, I'm sure, hurtful, Andy, whatever this is going to be. Andy had a theme song. I think it would be not 
Biggie Smalls. Oreo. Yeah. That's, that's an Oreo cookie commercial that for some reason the late that makes grade, it even more appropriate for Biggie me. Biggie Smalls. I think this would be it. Oh wait, hang on. All right. <laughs> You're a man of constant sorrow. That's valid. Well, I'm not really that southern a dude. The place where he was born. If you would like to suggest what you think my theme song should be, write us at sttncpod at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us, whatever. At Star Trek TNC. You could also Instagram us at Star Trek TNC. Um, or you can call us at 816-TREK-TNC. All right. Andy, how many Andys are you going to give the schizoid man? This is a tough one. I'm going to ask for yours first. Okay. I would give this episode a total of 2.5 Andys. Mm. It's definitely a super frustrating episode with very little to redeem it. But I really think Lieutenant Salar is something special. <laughs> um, let's see. You're saying 2.5. I did not enjoy it. I feel like it's a lot of missed opportunities. So I'm going to give it a 2. Oh, okay. We're not super... Uh, wow. Oh, what's happening? Give it a 2.5. Oh, welcome. For Salar, just for Salar. Welcome to 2.5. And I enjoyed the beard bit at the beginning. All right. Well, would you like to see a bald bit at the end? And I enjoyed the the uh, the down warping also, even though it had nothing to do with anything. You enjoyed the touch and go down warp? The touch and go down warp. Indeed. Unnatural Selection is the next episode, so let's... Listen to the trailer. Next time on Star Trek, the next generation. Torpedoes ready, Commander. The crew destroys a vessel infested with a mysterious disease. They died of old age. Dr. Pulaski risks her life to find a cure. <gasps> Doctor, I want you back aboard this ship. Now, she's old before her time, and her time is running out. On Star Trek, the next generation. So this is exactly the deadly years from TOS. Star Trek, the original series, yes. That's irritating. Well, I bet you can't wait to watch it, because I certainly can't. You know, what's funny is I was going to suggest to you, as somebody I think has tweeted at us, hey, maybe it's time to change the opening somewhat insulting um, intro for our show. We have we have sort of said until we get past the contrived yeah, and plots. I feel like it's I I've been kind of waiting for the it's not moment. happening yeah yet, friends friends it is not happening yet we'll we'll be happy to change it when it uh, when it gets there uh, it'll live in perpetuity though on these first couple seasons because uh, you know it's just insane yeah it is really just insane and I'd like to thank you for bearing with us through this uh, tumultuous one hour and twenty eight minute podcast. No problem, Matt. You've been a good friend, and uh, sorry I didn't take you to Mastro's. You know what? I accept your apology. It's going to happen, though. All right. Now that I know how much you really want it. Um, and uh, and folks, we, uh, we now, because of scheduling issues, are recording in the middle of the week on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. 
So, uh, and this is probably going to be a solution that might have to be permanent, at least for a while. We'll see. Um, so if you want to shoot us uh, no! your emails. Oh, oh yeah. thank no, God. I didn't us. let you finish. Don't shoot us. Um, uh, just get them in early in the week if you can. I'm in a weird mood. You sure are. What a weird guy. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I would say that you've been more goofball in this episode and I've been more aggressive. How do you feel? How does it feel to be the mat? Yeah, I'm really the mat. <laughs> what happened? I don't like being the mat in this show. Well, it's, I, I guess feel like I'm the mat the rest of my life. So <laughs> maybe uh, Andy beams out first. Goodbye. Disengage. And ladies, I don't know what I'm doing. Very loopy. This is my 900th podcast this week. Uh, I work a lot. I do a lot of. I gotta go. I gotta watch Goldfinger. That's the next movie for uh, James Bonding. Hope you're all listening to that. Uh, Andy, thanks you. It's nice for him to get out of the house and be away from Omar just for a little bit. Uh, I don't know why I'm whispering. I beamed him off the ship. He probably can't hear anything I'm saying. If you're a single starlet and you think Andy Secunda is your kind of guy, please email us at treks star trek dot i gotta go